Forget March Madness. This month, we are celebrating International Women's Day and Women's History Month. For our part, we are taking a trip across the country and talking to women who are doing the damn thing, making a difference in and out of the boardroom. And these are women who are leaders in their particular sector. I'm your boy, Dave Ford, The Connected One. Today, we make a stop in Calgary, Alberta to talk to Gurpreet Lay, who is the president and CEO of Inserva. Gurpreet, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. It's fabulous and sunny here in Calgary. All right. So your current role, you serve as the acting president and CEO of Inserva. What exactly is Inserva? Tell the people. So Inserva is um, an advocacy and lobbying association that represents the energy services supply and manufacturing sector. Um, in plain language, we are the workforce that's behind the energy that's produced. But now you didn't just start there. You actually, you actually have a unique way on how you got to this current role. Uh, if I understand correctly, your, your past education was within the legal industry. And then over the last 20 years, you've served in management roles for a number of organizations, such as the Fraser Institute and Manning Center. You were the executive director of Stars Air Ambulance. You got to explain that one to me. And then you were the president and CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Calgary. So how did you get from being in the legal industry or studying law to where you are today? Um, It's been a journey, but it's been a good journey. Um, I think, you know, Calgary in itself is an extremely networked city where everybody kind of knows everybody eventually. Um, I tell all my younger staff, never burn a bridge in this city because you never know who you're going to run into. But, um, you know, going from having this goal of making partner in some law firm by the age I was by the age of 30 turned into, um, you know, going through some health challenges. I was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma and, you know, going through some chemotherapy treatment for nine months is like every other Friday um, kind of made me realize like, what am I doing this for? Is this for me? And that trajectory just wasn't my goal anymore. And becoming a mom um, shortly after when I was told I was going to be infertile and even my oncologist was like, there's no way you're pregnant. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I am. Um, but, you know, being told that that's going to be a miracle baby. I was like, okay, that kind of throws a lot into perspective. And I still wanted to have a career where I could give back and and do something with my education and public policy was a natural fit. Went okay. from public policy for a number of years and I was doing some political events on the side at one point, and it was just always about keeping busy. That's just my personality. Um, the reason I did chemo every other Friday was so I could be back at work by Monday. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, and this opportunity at STARS came up and Shock Trauma Air Rescue, they do helicopter rescue for critical patients. And it just seemed like a natural fit for me. So I went over there and I think six months later, I became the executive director of the foundation. And then we wow. moved the foundation from just being Alberta based and the association being Alberta based all the way we expanded to Saskatchewan. And simultaneously, I think a month after we were talking to the Saskatchewan government, we were asked to stay in Manitoba. So 
that took a number of years for us to get across and it was never a dull moment. Like that's one innovative uh, not-for-profit that's constantly changing and evolving. And I spent a good, a close to a decade there and loved every minute of it. The relationships I built at STARS was a lot of members in the energy sector and a lot of members of formerly Petroleum Services Association, who we were up until last September. And those relationships carried through. And when this opportunity arose, I had one of the board members call me and said, you know, we'd like for you to throw your hat in the ring. And I was a little gun shy at first because COVID had just ended. The energy sector was not doing well. And I wasn't sure where I would even fit in. Um, so I went through the process because I have a lot of respect for a lot of all of the board members. And lo and behold, I got the position and here we are today. You've had a number of different roles. You've been the key piece at a number of organizations, you know, taken to the next level. What what problem would you say that you solve? Is there one unique problem that you feel that you solve or? I think every, so the way someone actually explained this to me is I have a leadership style where I come into complete chaos and maybe not outward chaos, but internal chaos and reorganize the association or the company and make it more efficient and effective and future focused than before. I'm never one to say we do it this way because we've always done it this way. Like that to me is a swear word altogether. It's all about how do we actually improve, create some innovation so that we are leading into the future and not just staying stagnant. Um, Someone once called it, and I don't know if this is a proper term, they said you're like a wartime CEO where there is some crisis is going on and you have to strategize to figure out, okay, how do we get to a peaceful resolution? So that is a problem I solve. And I think even coming into Serva in the first year, getting us rebranded, having a new name change, it was a huge undertaking, but it's the type of work I thrive in. So today's International Women's Day. What does it mean to you? For some organizations, it's just... A hashtag, but what does it mean to you? I think for me, it's it's a day of empowering. Like there was a time in my lifetime where women weren't even allowed in certain clubs, um, and to say, you know, when we're still, they're still. If you look at the soccer, the Canadian soccer team that's fighting for equal pay, like there's still some inequity taking place in this world, and. To start recognizing that, you know, women do play a key role in society, in corporations, in a whole, that everybody should be treated equally, regardless of gender, um, ethnicity, etc. I think International Women's Day is that for me, that, you know what, we are moving into different norms and we do have rights and it's time to start exercising those and recognize the impact women are making. Now, you're somebody, I think it's fair to say that a woman working in the energy sector is still rare today. Um, It's getting less and less rare. Okay. There was a day and a time where there weren't any females involved, but now you can walk into boardrooms and see a lot more women. 
it's still not, you know, 50-50 split between men and women, but you do see a lot more than you did in prior years. And so, so again, based on that, then I, I, I feel it's fair to say that you are a leader within the industry. Again, someone who doesn't wait for permission, but just goes and takes the bull by the horn, so to, as, as the saying goes. Where do you find this internal strength, this internal, this internal courage, not to ask for permission, but just to go and do what is right? Um, I, honestly, my internal, who I am, is always credited to both my parents. They immigrated here from India in the late 60s. My mom came after my dad and her got married in the 70s. And, you know, growing up in an East Indian household, I was never told that I was less than or that I couldn't do the same that any other male cousin of mine or when my brother came along that I couldn't do more than what my brother was doing. And so I never felt that gender um, differential per se. It was always like, okay, if my male cousins are involved in door knocking in a political campaign when we were 12, I was door knocking with them because that is what we did. So I was incorporated into the world of there is no difference between me and my male counterparts. And that's always been my case. I've never, like someone said to me when I took this job, oh my gosh, like it's so great they're employing a female leader and I was like oh yeah I never looked at it that way <laughs> like, I just you know what I thought I was the best candidate so um I think my inner strength comes from my parents I think just to actually even learn within this industry it was it was one of those things where I had to go into you know teaching myself all over again surrounding myself with people that knew the industry to help guide me and teach me and reading doing a lot of reading um i consider myself like a ferocious reader i love reading all types of um material but i think keeping my mind sharp i've always said i'm a lot lifelong student if i could stay in university and still get paid um to to learn and be a student I would have done that. Uh, unfortunately, that's not reality, but I look at myself as a lifelong student and I'll always keep learning. So based on that, how would you say that your leadership style has changed over the last five to 10 years? Oh gosh. Uh, if I look at myself as a leader 10 years ago, God help us because you you go into leadership positions with very little training or mentorship. And it's like, you know, you're young, you're bright, you can do this. So let's move into leadership. And I I had to learn a lot about people and, you know, 90% of leadership is leading people and understanding how to change your messaging, how to change your communication tactics based on people's personalities. Not everybody thinks the same. Not everybody hears the same message in the same way that it's delivered. So I'd say I went from, you know, a very junior leader and thinking what a leader should be um, to now more of a inclusive leader in understanding what inclusive actually means and not just checking the box. So what does inclusive mean to you then? Inclusive to me means, um, you know, creating a safe space for all types of people, personalities and skill set. And I think it's all of the above and we should never limit somebody's opportunity based on um, who they might be the time you hired them to who they could be. And I think it, you need to provide opportunities for everyone to thrive and succeed. And people will that want to achieve success 
will grab the bull by the horns and will thrive in an environment. And then, you know, others, they're just, they're there for, you know what, this is my job. This is the box that I fit into. And that's fine too. Whereas before I'd be like, what, you're not working hard enough to get to the next level. And, but that's okay. Some people just don't want to. Nobody can become successful without falling down once or twice in their career. Has there been a, an obstacle that was in your path, whether it be a person or thing that really stood out and you can maybe share to the listeners and the readers on how you, you overcame that obstacle? For sure. I think, I mean, there's always obstacles. And let me preface this by saying that one of my mentors actually said to me, it's okay to fail. And that is the first time I've ever heard that in my whole life. I was always not necessarily told directly, but like, there's always this perception that if you fail, then you've just failed at everything. You fail at a task, you failed in life. And the minute he said to me, he's like, it's okay to fail as long as you fail forward. And I, I had to sit with that for a while to understand what that truly meant for me. And I was like, okay, so what that did was open up my own internal thought process and idea formation because I always used to hold back saying, maybe I shouldn't try this or maybe I shouldn't suggest that because it could fail at the end of the day. And um, once I heard that, I was like, okay, any obstacle coming my way now is it's an opportunity for me to decide, okay, that's, can we get over it and how, and what is it going to take? And I kind of now live by that, like things happen, but like I said to you earlier, like no babies have died, so it can't be that detrimental. Um, so how do you keep going and motivating yourself forward? But yeah, there's always obstacles. Um, you know, when I first started out of my career, even thinking of going to multinational law firms, like there were not a lot of ethnic minorities working in those, in those firms, you know, let alone a lot of females. When you go to take a mat leave, my daughter's now 18. Back then, mat leave in firms was not necessarily looked down upon, but you there was like this perception, like you take more than four months, like you're not doing your, your part in taking the firm forward. So um, I think some of those obstacles would have been hindrance in, in being, you know, a female and what we're going through than per se male counterparts. So would have had to do something like that. So you talk about you've created an inclusive environment for your for your staff, for your team. How do you keep them motivated, especially if we look past, you know, if we go and look back back at the last couple of years of working from home, remote working, COVID, how do you keep your teams motivated? I think it, it's a lot of connection and um, building those relationships. You need a depth of relationship with your employees. And I mean, it's easy for me to say I have a fairly small team and you know, it's, it's harder for somebody that's got 3000 employees, but I think having a depth of relationship with your employees and understanding who they are and meeting them where they're at goes a long way. My final question for you, again, International Women's Day, Women's History Month. What is your message to women out there? My message to all the women, um, you know, that are either starting their career early in their career or seasoned is everything and anything is possible. If you just put your mind to it and you, you create those relationships within community, anything is possible and gender should never define 
who we are and what we can do and accomplish. There you have it, boys and girls. The one and only Gurpreet Leo. She is absolutely the wartime CEO. It's okay to fail. She's an accomplished person, and I look forward to hearing more and more from her over the years to come. Appreciate your time today. We'll talk Thank to you. Thank you so much. Soon.